Hey everyone, grace and peace to you all from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is Tuesday, March 31st, and yesterday, I forget what time it was because time feels a little irrelevant these days. Sometime yesterday, our mayor in San Francisco announced that shelter in place will continue through May 1st. Four more weeks, 30 more days. So what I thought I'd do today is to take us back, back to when things were not like this, back to a time when anything seemed possible. Of course, that time was when Taylor Swift came out with her insanely popular album, 1989. The album didn't come out in 1989, it came out in 2014. And if you were alive and you were the over the age of six months, you somehow heard this album and it made its way into your life no matter what genre of music you liked. Songs like Shake It Off and Bad Blood. I remember driving through San Francisco with windows down, playing this album loudly, turning it down only when I came into intersections. I mean, this is a time for confession, so there's mine. Then a year later, out of nowhere, singer-songwriter Ryan Adams came out with a 1989 cover album which is a really cool move. It's kind of almost even punk rock of him to do so. And when you listen to Ryan Adams' 1989 album, something hits you really, really hard, especially if you like Taylor Swift's album. Something is very different about Ryan's album. And when I first heard it, I couldn't put my finger on it until I read a blog post by philosopher Jamie Smith, or James K.A. Smith. He says, When you listen to Adam's cover of Swift's album, you finally realize how incredibly sad it is. That buried down beneath the perky melodies and auto-tune precision of a pristine sound is the lyrical work of heartbreak, disappointment, and despair. Not until you hear Adam's mournful rendition does the truth of 1989 disclose itself. It's like up till now, the melodic tenor and sonic grammar of Taylor Swift's album was lying about what it said. The sound isn't true. There's a kind of disclosure and revelation in truth that is viscerally carried in the sonic environment of the album And it took the heartbroken musical genius of Ryan Adams to unveil this. Adams' cover tells the truth about the music. And thus tells the truth about a sad, broken world by redeploying Swift's lyrical honesty in a sonic environment that fits. See, we now live in a Ryan Adams world. We live in a world where our pain and heartbreak can't be covered over any longer by auto-tune and pop energy. We, We are living where our heartbreak needs to be faced and the truth of our pain, past and present, needs to be allowed to be felt and processed all the way down. Where we have to tell the truth to ourselves and allow God to meet us there. This, of course, is called lament. Lament 
is where we meet God. New Testament scholar N.T. Wright, who is a super fun hang, by the way, came out with an article in Time Magazine online yesterday where he said, quote, Perhaps what we need is to recover the biblical tradition of lament. Lament is what happens when people ask why and don't get an answer. It's where we get to when we move beyond our self-centered worry about our sins and failings and look more broadly at the suffering of the world. This is what lament allows us to do. Not to just process our own pain, but if we li- we lie to ourselves about our own pain and dress it up in pop music, we'll never get beyond ourselves to the pain of the world. And maybe this is the invitation. To lament the brokenness of our world that has been going on for marginal communities, mentally ill communities, minority communities all along. Way before this global pandemic even happened to realize that in reality, the sonic world we lived in before was a lie. That our world actually was really sad before all of this happened. That our world was fragile and that we were way more vulnerable than we thought. Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept. When we remembered Zion, there on the poplars, we hung our harps for there. Our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? See, there are some songs we'll just have to wait to sing.